with recent events throughout the world um, and the shocking death of George Floyd, the last 12 weeks have been anything but straightforward. In fact, they've been a bit of an emotional roller coaster. And I know for me, I am both emotionally and uh, mentally uh, tired, uh, exhausted, and, and really wanting to get. Um, I don't know, a sense and a grip of what's going on at the moment. So the RecX podcast has taken a slight detour and we are now doing a spin-off series talking about people's emotions and mental well-being during lockdown, but also the effects and the time for change over the horrific death of George Floyd two weeks ago. In this series, we're going to be speaking to key people um, across our network, uh, both personally uh, and also uh, from a business point of view, whom are happy to share their stories. We hope you enjoy this little spin-off series. In this first spin-off series episode, I speak with the founder of Birmingham Tech Week, Yanis Mayos, all who know me will know that the Brum Muse started from a talk I gave at Birmingham Tech Week back in October. And um, over the last eight, eight months, I've had the privilege to get to know Yanis at a personal level. Um, I mean, he's, he's technically a neighbour. And um, we dive in to how Birmingham Tech Week started, um, where it's at now, what his own personal stories have been like throughout the last... Um, 12 weeks um, and we also touch on um, the Black Lives Matter uh, protests um, as well. Um, so without any further ado, we hope you enjoy. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of RecX. Um, I'm pleased that we have decided to do a bit of a unique spin-off series talking about people's emotions, uh, mental well-being, um, and, and the experiences we've been having and thoughts we've been feeling over the last uh, 11 weeks. Um, I'm pleased to introduce uh, Yanis Mayos. Um, so Yanis, without any further ado, pleasure to have you on, but I, please feel free to, to give yourself an intro. Well, first of all, thank you, Dan, for, for kind of inviting me on the show. Um, it's a pleasure to kind of be able to kind of talk about what is a, a subject matter very close to, to my heart, um, mental well-being. Um, I think in, in technology, it's something that, that we need to um, highlight more. Um, so as Dan mentioned, I'm Yanis. I am the founder of Birmingham Tech, uh, a not-for-profit organisation really that is designed to bring together um, different facets of the community across the West Midlands um, around technology, give people a platform to celebrate their success, um, kind of foster an environment of, of collaboration, um, and also really kind of inspire the next generation as well. Um, I think that's uh, something we are all responsible for um, in doing that. Um, so yeah, glad to be on. Yeah, ab absolutely. So let's just talk about your Birmingham Tech because I think it is um, you know, something we're, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to be now officially part of, but um, it, it was mental last October. Um, where did the idea come from? So I, I guess it's bubbling away in my head for about kind of four or five years, really. Um, and really from a, a level of frustration, 
So, you know, I, I've been very lucky to kind of worked in technology now for about 15 years. Um, but more and more, I was getting asked to go down to London to either contribute to events, um, you know, speak uh, at different conferences. Um, and every time I felt kind of proud and privileged, as you would, but also equally kind of frustrated at the fact that why, why not? Birmingham why not the West Midlands you know um I've, I've spent the, the bulk of my career in this region but we don't seem to have a a platform for people kind of to tell their stories and for people to kind of come together and um, there are certainly amazing things going on don't get me wrong there are pockets of very strong communities um, and that's a, a enabled us as a region to evolve but there was still nothing that really kind of brought everyone together. Um, so I guess kind of that, that frustration that bubbled away kind of got to a, a kind of um, boiling point where I went, do you know what, if, if I don't do something about it, who will? Um, so I embarked on this kind of journey, which was meant to be quite small, really. Um, you know, it was an idea to kind of create Birmingham Tech Week um, this was back in July 2019 yeah. um, with the idea of putting on five to ten events, bringing together, you know, a couple of hundred people um, and starting a movement that would, you know, eventually enable us to start to get more of a, a voice within the UK tech space. Um, now, that kind of initial idea spiraled very quickly into from the idea of five to 10 events to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50. Um, and we ended up with 68 events in October um, across 40 different locations um, and 5,000 people um, came and celebrated. So yeah, um, something I'm, I'm remarkably proud of, um, not just for, for what I achieved and the team achieved, but more importantly, everyone involved in Birmingham Tech Week because the, the way we designed it was one where people could put on their own events people could actually kind of demonstrate thought leadership um, get across insight into the right areas. And um, yeah, people came out in full force. So um, yeah, great, great to see the, the city do that and the, and the wider region. Yeah. And it was a, it was a, it was a great effort. It was yeah, monumental. And you know, something that sticks with me was that closing sort of, what, what would you call it? It was it was it was very very classy. Uh, what, <laughs> what I would call it, but uh, well, that's cer- yeah, ceremony maybe. I don't know. It was it was it was brilliant. But your closing speech um, was was one that I think a lot of people remembered. And I think actually the differentiators that you spoke about that day were for me the the pillars as to what Birmingham Tech stands for. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that because I think there seems to be an impression of Birmingham Tech and what it's trying to do as opposed to actually what it was created for. And I think you know what I mean by that. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a kind of a, a process really of trying to kind of find our, our place really. So I guess off the back of Birmingham Tech Week, we realised that we had started something but there was still a need um, to, I guess, plug a gap in the region. Uh, And that kind of gap, I I still believe to this day, is one of um, a voice, a centralised voice, where where people can come together, tell their stories, 
um, whether that's a, a founder or an entrepreneur who has started something, uh, a scale-up, which is kind of continuing to see success. Um, some of the public sector initiatives that are going on from, you know, the great work that the combined authority, the let, the growth company are doing, um, or, you know, just people who are running some fantastic communities. Um, there, there, there seems to be that kind of, that chasm of that overarching um, organisation that, that can help facilitate that. Yeah. And I guess that, that, that was what we were trying to do. And, you know, when I, you know, it's, it, the principles remain the same really from that of Birmingham Tech Week into the transformation into kind of Birmingham Tech, you know, which are kind of inspire the next generation, foster an environment of collaboration and create a platform for success. Um, but I think if you then look kind of deeper into the culture of Birmingham and our tech ecosystem or what we want it to become, well, I think it's kind of obvious you know, we have one of the most diverse regions, um, you know, whether that's kind of ethnicity, neurodiversity, sexuality, whatever, which is fantastic. Um, and we want to kind of, you know, make sure that that comes through loud and clear um, when we're telling our stories. I also think, you know, we are very lucky because we've got such a diverse range of, of technology clusters as well, you know, from fintech to edtech to kind of marketing and advertising. Um, and again, that's something we should kind of, you know, be proud of. But getting that narrative right is is key, um, and that's what something we want to want to help with really and bring people together. Yeah, because it is it is that, isn't it? It's a community. I think that's that's the if you could sum it up in a word, you're you're bringing people together, um, and 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 I think that's what the difference maker for me is. Um, and it's genuine. It's got a genuine cause, which I think is is far more important um, than than anything. Than anything else and i think obviously people buy into you which is obviously the most important thing and i think there's there's only one of you uh which i think is a problem um so let's just rewind 11 weeks then because a lot you know, we've been speaking on and off over the last 11 weeks um and if you don't mind me saying to the people listening when we first spoke i thought there was something just not quite up and i just thought you were just maybe just tired or you know, you, you just you, you just look looked a bit deflated. You didn't look like you had that buzz that you normally have got. Um, and so, on to you. I'll, I'll pass that that fan. Yeah, um, good observation. Um, I, I I certainly did did struggle. Um, I mean, in the aftermath of of Birmingham Tech Week, um, I guess I was on this kind of existential high um, in the weeks afterwards kind of thinking kind of wow kind of we, we achieved something remarkable here um, but but as soon as kind of those kind of first couple of weeks passed um i guess a, a a level of reality set in where a lot of people wanted to kind of speak to me and they wanted to know what next um, and that was that was emotionally draining um because i, I didn't have the answers um, and i still don't have the answer and i don't claim to have the answers um, I think we the only way we'll, we'll achieve that is collectively um, and as part of, of a team. Um, but, you know, then I had to switch very quickly back into, you know, my own business, which I'd, I'd created. Um, and, you know, through that process of, of kind of trying to context switch, um, I guess something clicked inside me, which was, why are you doing what you're doing? 
And what I mean by that is Birmingham Tech, I have this kind of purpose and passion behind. Now, what I'm not saying is I didn't have that for the company I created, but it was a different type of purpose and passion. And, and so I, I quickly realized I wasn't going to be able to do everything. You know, as you said, there's only one of me. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I didn't make a tough decision. I would quickly spiral. Um, so it got to December and I, you know, myself and my business partner had a, a series of conversations and um, that ended with me deciding to actually kind of part ways with, with that company, which you know, it was remarkably hard because it's something I created, you know, a couple of years before. Um, we were still very early on in our journey, but still had so much potential. Yeah. But so did Birmingham Tech Week and so did the idea of Birmingham Tech. Um, so, yeah, it was a tough decision, but ultimately one that was made easier because I knew that we had something special within Birmingham um, and the West Midlands, some great people, and I wanted to kind of help kind of, you know, those people have a platform really. Um, so yeah, embarked on that in January as kind of this full-time focus on Birmingham Tech and Birmingham Tech Week. Um, you know, let's kind of do Birmingham Tech Week again in October, bigger and better. Um, Birmingham Tech, yeah, let's kind of make sure that, you know, we're getting the right messages out there. Um, and obviously, the you know, everyone knows the rest of the story because, um, you know, one of the most tragic things happened to, you know, the world with, with COVID. So um, it's been remarkably difficult um, for, for everyone. Um, and, you know, I'm not alien to that. I, I have, you know, suffered. It's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster of, of emotions. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of just now really starting to kind of see the light and, and find my feet again. Yeah. So what's what just talked about plans then, because obviously I know that it's still a bit up in the air. So, but what and, and a lot, I've had a lot of people ask me actually over the last few weeks, what's 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 the sort of short term? And then have you got a contingency depending on obviously, you know, potential, you know government guidelines or whatever. But what, what's what's the sort of rough, rough plan if you're able to? Yeah, so I, I think that Birmingham Tech Week, um, I mean, it's obvious it will not happen in the same um, guys as last year um, or at the same level um, there's, there's certainly still an appetite for something um, you know like you, you you just said there's been people kind of saying when when is it going to be announced what, what are the plans I think that right now it's probably too early to kind of um, confirm anything but what I will say is it will be some hybrid model of probably some micro meetups um, where we can kind of observe social distancing um, but still kind of have that kind of face-to-face -face environment um, and then digital um, but I want to create something if, it, if we do do go down the digital route um, that it's more more engaging with just Zoom and um, so we're, we're looking at different platforms right now um, and talking to a number of, of different partners on that as well um, but really kind of sticking to that barometer of quality as well, making sure that, you know, we've got the right stories being told and the right people telling those stories. Um, so yeah, lots to consider. Um, but yeah, starting to now kind of form a, a plan, you know, in my head, but also kind of around the kind of whole of the, the teams um, kind of ideas and, and thinking contributing into that. Good. It's exciting times. Um, I know, and I know that you guys have got some good fingers in the pulse. So um 
just talk to me about your experiences of, of, of obviously lockdown. I know you touched on it. Um, it's, it's put a few spanners in the work to say the least, but you know, what's, what's it been like for you? How's it started and, 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 and where, where are you at, at now? You know, more important, I think, you know, personally um, in, in yourself. Yeah, so I, I, did, I, I did probably at the start um, do what I always do um, when something like this happens, although, you know, I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it. It's unprecedented times. I think that's been over yeah. but it is. Um, I, I, I threw myself into work um, and I just went at 100 miles an hour. Um, and that work ended up being kind of different from the plan, of course. Um, the plan was to kind of, you know, go into Birmingham tech full time. Um, but I think what not a lot of people realise is, you know, we, we only really started in July last year and that was just an idea. As an organisation, you know, we, we kind of really started to find our feet probably August, September. Uh, and then obviously October was the first time we, we did anything. Um, so, you know, we, we are a very young organisation, which means we haven't got the benefit of, you know, um, a war chest or, or kind of cash flow. Um, you know, it's very much in January was going to be our starting point, um, if anything. So I've had to kind of personally rethink kind of what I do as an individual. Um, you know, how do I kind of keep moving Birmingham Tech and Birmingham Tech Week forward but also look after myself and my family. Um, so what I did was I created a, a kind of a, a tech consultancy um, focusing around marketing, customer experience and innovation, which is kind of, you know, where my career has, has stemmed from and, and evolved into. Um, and just offering that kind of knowledge and insight and, and I guess skill to organisations that need it. Um, so that's kind of seen me work with uh, an organisation over in San Francisco, which has been remarkable um you know it's great experience um you know right at the forefront of, of innovation in, in their space and um, work with a uh, west midlands organization in the edtech space um, mm -hmm. but of course you know having two clients that you're working for that you know need you especially at a time like this and trying to kind of you know stay motivated around birmingham tech and move that forward has been very very difficult um and i i probably burnt out more than i kind of care to to remember actually during this process and a, a lot of the time not even realizing as well i think kind of probably when we spoke about three four weeks ago that was probably the realization that yeah i hadn't got the balance right um and i, I was suffering kind of um mentally um, and physically as well um, and, and since then, I've kind of made a conscious effort to readdress that balance, both in, in work, but also kind of um, mentally as well by doing a lot more exercise. Um, not so much practicing meditation, but, but at least kind of um, relaxation exercises as well. Um, taking breaks in between kind of context switching. Um, mm -hmm. Um, and just getting kind of rest and, and spending time with family. So that, that has helped. Um, but I'm still learning like we all are um, because, uh, you know, isolation plays a part. I've got to say, in, in, at the start, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed kind of not having to, um, in a weird way, engage with so many people. It allowed me to do a lot more deep work and deep thinking. 
Um, but of course, too much of that, like anything, isn't good um, because you you get lost in your your thoughts. Um, so so again, it's it's a balance, like like anything in life, right? I, I'm now trying to kind of find times and, and ways of doing that deep work, but also then come up for air and engage in conversations like this, um, which is really healthy, um, and and being just more honest as well with with people and saying kind of, hey, I'm I'm not okay. Um, you know, I'm struggling right now um, because, you know, I've been one of these people throughout my whole career who um, takes a lot on um, and I'm learning now more and more to express myself and also ask for help and, and bring other people around me as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, you know, Dan, why we've had that conversation bringing you on board as as someone that, you know, I mean, that was probably one of the easiest conversations and decisions I've ever had to make because, you know, people like yourself, like Devon, who we've also brought on board as a, a community leader, and Chris, have all stepped up outside of actually kind of, you know, being um, involved directly in Birmingham at Tech. You've done stuff. Um, and that, for me, is a mark of, you know, a great team. So um, for me, I'm looking for more and more community leaders who can be empowered and get on with, you know, initiatives that can move the whole region forward around tech and innovation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think by doing that will lessen the burden on me as an individual, but also create a number of voices, which we need. We don't just need one voice. We need, we need a collective across the West Midlands. You know, we're a big region. Um, and if we're going to get heard, we all need to be kind of, you know, I guess telling the same story to a certain extent. There's going to be nuances in that, but we need a consistent narrative. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be really, really important. And I think also the message needs to to be clear. I think the message is clear as to what Birmingham Tech is there to to achieve. Um, one thing you mentioned, um, what what you said the, about a trigger for you uh, in terms of that realization. What was that trigger, or or how uh, you know what 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 made you go? Do you know what? This is not okay. I need to. I need to get that balance. Yeah, I, I think that kind of for me, it was more of a inconsistency in my um, in my mental well being. So um, you know, I want to be clear. I, I, I've not suffered. I've never suffered with depression. I've been very, very lucky in in that respect. And, and in some respects, I've I'm a very resilient character um I, ve I very rarely suffer um i think one one uh, an old boss once described me of having bounce back ability <laughs> but, uh, you know if, if if i you know have a problem or you know something kind of goes wrong yeah i'll kind of take it on the chin brush it off and, and away i go again but that isn't sustainable over a long period of time um and i guess what i was experiencing is kind of lows and highs lows and highs um, in very short periods of time um, and and that for me was like well that isn't good you know I, I kind of yes the highs are great um, and you have kind of either great conversations or you do a piece of work but then that shouldn't coincide with two or three days of feeling like you just aren't motivated and you're questioning why you're doing what you're doing and um, so yeah that that was probably the trigger for me it was that that kind of imbalance really yeah 
good. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you've you've addressed it. And 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 how are you feeling now in terms of you if you've ever gonna get a flip? Because you know, we're all gonna go back through those motions. Um, that's just the way it is at the moment. Um, you know, we're all living in in a, in a weird life. I, you know, when I post, post that video myself myself up last week, I think one thing I did say, um, and when I was thinking about it following on, was that actually the things that affect my mood are the things like meeting people, meeting different people, face to face, obviously going out, new environments, and that's just something as silly as being in your car driving somewhere, to being on a bus or you know whatever that looks like in terms of where you're meeting people or, or wherever you are um, and that completely was the way it controlled my moods and I think what had happened probably is I've got doing the same thing literally on repeat literally for hour every hour there was no difference I was doing that every day um, even the weekends were starting to spin into the same thing um, you know, even going to walk to the park with the kids for your one hour exercise, whatever it was, it was exactly the same. So in terms of those, those, those triggers, how are you or what, what are your sort of plans to, when it comes to that again, you know, what's going to be your initial sort of plan? Yeah, good, good question. And, and yeah, I, I feel that, yeah, it kind of that monotonous kind of activity can, can, can certainly play, play a role. Um, and I think kind of on, on that, it's almost just, um shocking your body into doing something different um, mm. and probably at a point when you don't want to do it um so you know one of the things actually over the last couple of weeks is um i actually haven't done any form of exercise which is probably counterintuitive but i know that if that continues so it was necessary at the time i think i think it was part of that monotonous activity um, and I felt that actually physically I was a bit exhausted as well. I'd, I'd been kind of, you know, running pretty much every other day since lockdown started. You're training for a marathon, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was training for the London Marathon. Um, so obviously kind of, and again, that, that probably played a role um, subconsciously. I've never really thought about that. But, you know, having kind of trained quite hard for that, um, probably not as hard as I should have done. Um, but then having that taken away was like, oh, right where's the motivation to kind of carry on? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I did carry on, but, but there's all, you know, like anything, you just need to take a, a break from it. But I'm also conscious of the fact that if I take a break for too long, that in itself will play a role. Um, so I guess I've moved from a unconscious state of mind to a conscious state of mind. Mm. And I think when you flip into that conscious state of mind, you're able to, spot things happening or when they could potentially happen um, and by doing that you can kind of be more proactive instead of having to be reactive after the event so so that kind of is is what i'm trying to do more of is kind of stay conscious and be more proactive in stopping things before they they happen um easier said than done but you know um i i believe that you know hopefully i've got a few coping mechanisms now that i i've kind of learned and taught myself that i can implement if i need to yeah absolutely absolutely so let's um talk about the, the whole work work family life how's the split being in terms of separating work and, and home because you you know i think what has you know the feedback i've been having from, from people is that actually a lot of people have been just throwing themselves into work because they've not had anything better to do 
um, obviously prior to, to early this week. But, um, you know, what's that transition been, been like? And have you got any advice for people in terms of the lessons you've learned? Because I think you probably learned a lot more about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess through this whole process, I have I've tried to maintain a balance with kind of family and friends. Um, I think I've probably reconnected with, with a lot of people. Um, which has been been wonderful. I, I, I'm again conscious of the fact that that needs to be maintained as well. Um, so that's been been really good. Um, but I have thrown myself into work too much, um, and sometimes the the lines have blurred into kind of friend and family time and, and kind of weekends. And and again, that's not not healthy at all. Um, so you know, I think kind of my advice would be to again understand when that's happening and really be conscious of the fact that you need to create these um times when they are dedicated and sacred for family and friends um, so i think that's really important i think what i've, I've also uh, learned about myself is a lot of people when they meet me assume i'm a, a, an extrovert um and, I, and to a certain extent i am um, I'm a people person. I like meeting people. I like engaging with people. Um, but I'm a self-taught extrovert. Actually, kind of growing up, I was an introvert. I, I, I didn't like kind of, you know, engaging in conversations. I, I, you know, found it kind of nerve-wracking, actually, when you'd be in that group environment and, you know, whether it was a teacher or a, a friend or whoever it may be, asked you a question or asked you to take the floor, yeah. you know, I would, I would be trembling. Um, but I, I got over that fear and I guess learned how to engage with people in the right way. Um, and, and I guess by doing that, I've now got into a state where people assume I'm, um, yeah, I, I'm an extrovert and, and that's, I, I just love talking and love, love engaging with people. Um, but, you know, I do like my own space. I like my, I like times when I can just kind of have my, you know, own thoughts and, and just kind of, you know, have that, that almost blissful kind of silence, um, which again is, is, is so healthy for, for anyone. And so I think, yeah, the, the kind of transition away from a co-working environment where, you know, again, because of Birmingham Tech Week, there was a lot of kind of people coming up to me and saying, hey, I've got an idea or how can I grab five minutes? And I, I'm the kind of person like, yeah, yeah, of course, like, let's go and grab a coffee or, you know, let's go and have a chat. But, you know, when you then break it down into a week, you realize that kind of 50, 60% of your week has been spent just having conversations, which really end up going nowhere yeah. half the time. Um, so I, I've kind of been a lot more ruthless with my time. Um, yeah. And I'm going to now kind of try and strike the right balance between my home environment and my home working environments and again it's important to create spaces in your home where you can work versus where you can relax now people if they could see where i am now i'm actually in my living room so it is a bit of a contradiction there i am in my kind of living space and my working space yeah. um but but i think kind of moving forward i am thinking of actually could we take a, a spare room which we're lucky to have and actually transform that into an office yeah uh, and that then kind of creates that um demarcation 
of the living space and, and the working space and that space would then be used for my kind of my planning my strategy my kind of my deep work and um, when i need to kind of get stuff done or get shit done um and then the the kind of co-working environment would be that conversational place that place for collaboration um, and that place for ideation as well and i think that's a trend we're going to see across the world really i think the the kind of notion of the office is going to transform from one of a place where you have to work to a place when people come together collaborate and ideate and it's they're almost creative spaces um, so that's what I'm going to try and do more of is, yeah, the workplace, um, at home, deep thinking, collaborative and creative space when it's co-working. So separating those, yeah, just using each room as if it was just a different complete space, um, different sanctuary, if you like. Um, yeah, and also kind of uh, uh, going to find other places. Um, I remember kind of along my career <laughs> kind of going, I mean, one, one idea I had which ended up being one of our most successful campaigns was at the end of a pier in Hamburg with a beer in my hand. Um, and I was actually on a, on a stag do at the time. Um, but like all stag do's, everything gets a little bit too much sometimes. So I just thought I'm going to go for a little kind of walk along the pier um, and find like a quiet moment. And in that kind of obviously space being kind of different and kind of, you know, probably the beer helped through, through relaxation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this, this idea popped into my head. And, I, and I, so I think that, again, don't define your working environments um, too much. I think even if I was to say, actually, the work, the home working environment is this and the kind of office environment is this, mm -hmm. that in itself, over a long period of time, would just become a little bit meh. Yeah. So you need to break that monotony by going, hey, I'm just going to work from a, a, a new coffee shop. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to do that to re, and I'm going to do that over and over again to break that pattern. Yeah. Uh, and, and by breaking that pattern, you will become more creative. That's something I, I, I definitely learned along my career. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. You just one thing I was going to touch on. I know you, you said you, you used to be an introvert. But you, then you said you, you, you learned how to be an extrovert. Now, there's a lot of people, and I'm not siloing here, but there's a lot of people in the tech space who you would probably class themselves as being an introvert. Yeah. Um, any, any learns from, um, from your side on, on, on what you did to, to do that? Yeah, good question. I, yeah, it probably, it probably would require me to have a bit, of, a bit more of a... <laughs> self-analysis actually <laughs> i don't think it happened like it wasn't almost a uh it, it, with certain respects it was a, a bit of a right you need to change yeah but in other respects i guess it just happened over a long period of time and mm. um, so i guess that you know the work environment that i got exposed to very early on was one of you know a very um work hard play hard tech culture mm -hmm. and, and and what that does to you is is again it kind of shocks the system yeah you kind of go from oh i can you know i can be in you know an environment where i have got this freedom to just kind of you know operate how i want to and now i'm having to kind of actually kind of have a voice and have a yeah. consistent voice you know and then you get asked you know in, in a role of a marketeer 
you get asked to kind of attend events and you know take part in you know not necessarily podcasts because they weren't uh, a thing back in kind of you know 2007 but you know different types of activity webinars and therefore you, you just have to you you kind of have to adapt um you know it's 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 you know fear of flight just doesn't become a an, an option in yeah. that scenario so i think kind of my advice would be ultimately as much as it feels horrible try and and then it's it's baby steps but try and put yourself into situations that don't feel comfortable yeah of course you know whether that's going to a meetup um and there are little things you can do as well for instance if you go to a meetup go to a meetup the first time and then don't feel like you have to ask a question or you don't have to speak to anyone that's cool that's that's not a problem at all and then maybe the next time you know write a question before you go that you want to ask so you know you know what you're going to say yeah and um, it's little things like that that, that do help that i've kind of used use along along my career yeah no, it's, it's, it's great advice but i mean i've only started probably networking since i started the business and and i've got to be honest um you know sometimes you give off uh, a, a demeanor that you aren't scared of anything and you can go and do it but i, I was absolutely petrified when i was going to my first few uh for meetup i can't tell you what i felt like after when i was about to deliver that talk for birmingham tech week uh, on the on the digital skills gap yeah i mean that was that was next level um scaredy scaredy pants so uh you know i think it, everyone's human at the end of the day and just because sometimes you think people are you're literally not human it's absolutely not true they're you know they're completely everyone is human um so you know people shouldn't be ashamed of that um not at all not at all yet yeah. never a true word said there um so look i i, I want to touch on something which is a bit sensitive at the moment um and it's the it's the, all the protests and, and how we really need to support and stand up now and, and be vocal for, for what happened last week with, with, with George Floyd and the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Um, just a bit of stuff on my side, and it's something I am going to talk about a lot more about. I've been doing recruitment for 10 years, and it's been absolutely evident to me when there has been institutional racism. In the in the hiring process of people, um, now I, I'll tell you just a bit of background on this. I used to um, I'm I'm obviously from I, I'm Asian, so I, I've got Indian parents, um, and a lot of my business that I did before was over the phone. So people did not know what I looked like, and so on these calls, I would take a job description, and, and people would go, they need to speak English, they need to be English, they need to blah blah blah. And then I would go on a meeting to meet these people and the shock in their face was evident that they've said this. I've been doing some research and it's actually made me really align the Brumuse strategy that we're currently developing. I know you're supporting this as well and it's going to be something that we, we run together with Birmingham Tech. But in this strategy, I've missed, and I will put my hands up here, I've missed an absolute... I've made a mistake and, and, and one thing I haven't done is I have not focused enough on diversity and inclusion and therefore we have now introduced an objective to support BAME people in the region and get them more included but it's a delicate delicate topic and whilst I'm not going to ask you to, to, to talk to me about you know what you are going to do 
I, I just want to get your your thoughts on, on the matter being someone that is obviously a role model and an, an ambassador of, of the tech community. I didn't realize Yanis, how small the amount of people in the tech market um, were that come, are coming from Bain background. Something's ridiculous. I need to get the exact stats. I'm going to speak to Naomi from Tech Nation. I'm going to do my own research. But it's, it's something as alarming, as low as 4% to no higher than 14% across the UK. I can imagine where those areas are as well. Yeah, it's a shocking, shocking stat. Um, and one that we're all responsible for, for addressing. Um, ultimately, it, it starts in education and making it more accessible um, for people from uh, a Bain background, um, that's clear. Um, I mean, first of all, kind of what what's happened in the last kind of you know week or so has been kind of you know just you know first of all shocking. Um, you know, I think it shocked a lot of people to to their core, um, and it, and it's quite quite right. You know, Black Lives Do Matter, and we need to kind of you know we need to make sure that everyone is part of that change. Um, and you know i think in, in in tech we we haven't got a good representation of people from from a bain background whether that's in the west midlands which is even more shocking really when you think about it given the fact that we are you know the most diverse region mm -hmm. in the uk or at least one of 42 percent uh, yeah so so there you go so, so our our kind of our stats around kind of that representation within tech mm -hmm. um is yeah it's completely out of sync of where it should be um so I, I think that again what we need to do is allow people you know black asian um men and women to have a platform to tell their struggles mm -hmm. but also tell their success of of, of how they've forged a career in technology mm -hmm. and, and i think by doing that you know and people able to identify with you know other people hopefully that will inspire other people to embark on careers um, but we also have to break down silos we have to break down stigmas um unconscious bias um and institutional racism let's call it what it is um else it won't change um, that isn't going to change overnight um you know that isn't even going to change over over years it's going to take a long long time um but we we must start and we must kind of you know um make sure that's part of of, of all our responsibility and all our agendas yeah yeah, I think a change has to happen now, and I think I think enough is evidently enough. It's uh, it's just a it, it's it's obviously beyond a joke. But I think collaboratively, if we can make this more of a thing, then it's it's important. And and let's let's be frank. I think that the reason that we're not seeing enough Bain people coming through, young people coming into industries like tech, um, and there's a lot of other areas, is because they feel like they don't have a place, and they don't they don't evidently don't have enough role models to to embark on allowing them to go on that journey so we all have a we all have a duty so i know i'm i'm, I'm keen to to obviously bang heads on it on how we can do that and I'm, I'm sure we can we can obviously do that um collectively um because i think we're, we're in the positions to that we have to yeah and i think there's a there's a call to arms here if if you are um a kind of man or woman from um a bain background 
um, and you are in the tech space, you know, please, please get in touch um, and we will kind of, you know, work very closely alongside you to enable you to tell your story, um, you know, and, and, and hopefully by, by doing that, that can help other people um, forge a pathway into our industry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it starts now, doesn't it? And it's, um, let's let, I think what's very important is let's not make this be a one month thing or a, you know, a couple of weeks thing and then it's all forgotten about. We, we, it's time to, as you said, it's time to, time to action. So before we, uh, we conclude, Janice, just talk to me about what your thoughts are on the, on the economy for the tech market, in your opinion. I know you're very close to it. How, uh, what, what do you see the, the changes being? And, and, and I think the tech community in itself has actually been okay, hasn't it? It's been, it's, it's, it's been in a decent position, but there's still a few, few yeah, that, that needs support. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 tech, technology, digital innovation um, has always been somewhat resilient um, when it comes to financial crashes or kind of you know changes in the market or the economy um, I, I think that what worries me in this situation is there is a bit of false optimism right now yeah, of course and that's is. natural because we have you know been through a very tough period um, and therefore when we start to see a little bit of light at the end of a tunnel of course people kind of go right let's let's start to rally around that let's start to kind of move forward let's start to invest more but what is clear to me is we are in a recession right now technically we might not be because we need to kind of wait for quarter two results to, to come in um however we are in a recession and one of the deepest recessions we're likely to ever see therefore you know, the tech industry, like any other industry, is going to suffer. Um, and I think it's going to, going to suffer from a, an investment point of view, which is going to stifle the, in, the amount of startups that are going to have the ability to get the necessary investment to scale. Um, so I think that that's one, one thing I foresee. Um, I don't think that will completely be eradicated because I think there'll be certain areas within tech which again will will be resilient to that yeah uh, but it's going to be tough for, for all of us um and therefore we need to find different ways of operating and i think for me actually this this comes down to uh, a point that i guess actually links into what i'm trying to instill within our region and that is one of you know, we, we get criticised as a, as a region for not having a unicorn. It's a really easy criticism to make. Um, you know, Edinburgh's got X, you know, Bristol's got, you know, Y, um, London's got kind of, you know, four or five. You know, what about kind of Birmingham and what about the West Midlands? Um, yeah. And we just haven't got an answer. Um, you know, we've got people on, on the periphery, but, we're, but we, we certainly haven't got one we could, we could identify. Um, so let's think about for a second what what is a unicorn well and this isn't a sweeping statement but but the majority of the time unicorns are organizations that have had a lot of investment 
are growing really fast but aren't necessarily profitable okay and i think that one thing i'd like to see more of in our region is a focus on profitability and sustainability when it comes to our tech organizations that we create i'd rather kind of be back here in four or five years time and say hey we've got 10 highly profitable organizations which have transformed the tech ecosystem across the west midlands but also the economy as a whole mm. you know whether that's job creation whether that's links into kind of you know corporate initiatives public sector whatever it may be so i think that's definitely for me something that i would like to see us do more of and not obsess about this notion of having a, a, a unicorn i think the the, the, the question around investment is, well, actually, why are you, are you getting investment in the first place? Yeah. Um, well, I think that's, that's obvious in, in, in most cases. It's about the ability to realize your potential and scale. But not in all cases, actually. Some, I, I have seen in and around the tech space, and you see this more and more in early startups, almost a... Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a medal of honor to get investment and they're seduced by it. It's almost like if we get investment, we've made it. Um, and actually that in itself can be the start of a very tough, intense period of time because now you've got pressure. Now you've got kind of, you know, you don't, you don't just get that money and, you know, you know where to spend it. You go for a period of time of really having to kind of be creative with, you know, do I spend it over here? Do I spend it over there? Is it in people? Is it in technology? Is it in marketing? Um, you know, that's a very, very tough process. Um, so my advice is, well, consider other options. So what about actually seeing if you can form corporate partnerships where you go to a, a corporate and say, actually, this is what we're trying to do as an organization. Could we deliver innovation into your organization? Get revenue from that source, which in turn allows you to explore other avenues to go to market. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, that is a different strategy to consider at a time when investment might not be readily available. Yeah. Um, so it's just about thinking differently, really, and, and looking at ways that you can kind of build momentum, build traction, so that when we do come out of this period, you are stronger for it. Yeah. Um, and that might even be kind of actually, you know, not focusing too much on um, customer acquisition, but more on customer retention, customer success, and building the foundations across your entire organization so that you have got a strong set of um, pillars that you can activate when when we do start to kind of move from a, a recession into one of growth again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, that's good. It's great advice. I don't, I don't think a lot of people would be thinking about that. I think the first thing is we've got a great idea. We've got a great product. Got an MVP. Let's let's just go and uh, and ask for some investment and money to, to push it. So I think that it's a it's a great alternative, which I don't think yeah. many people have. Um, and, and there are there are organisations that that are kind of you know set up in our region and you know, um, across the, the UK that, that do facilitate, you know, those conversations. Um, you know, when, when we ran our startup, you know, we were on the National Express um, innovation hub. 
um, as part of the Serendip program for Innovation Birmingham and Brentwood. Um, and they also had kind of Gymshark involved in that, got links into the NHS. Um, and they are opportunities to kind of forge those corporate relationships. Um, and, and it does give you that kind of leg up, so to speak, on the, on the kind of um, scale up ladder. Um, and it's an alternative to, to investment. Um, but again, it, it's finding what's right for your organisation. Yeah, brilliant. Yanis, thank you so much. If people want to, uh, to get hold of you, but obviously don't rush all at once because we need to uh, be very <laughs> protective of our time. But I know you always make time for people, which uh, is always a good trait that you have. Um, how can people reach out to you um, if they want to you know, ask anything or, or, or get hold of you? Yeah, so um, on, on LinkedIn, it's, um, it's Yanis Mouse. That's Y-I-A-N-N-I-S-M-A-O-S. Um, the same on Twitter. Um, and then it's um, Yanis at BirminghamTechWeek.com um, for my email as well. Um, so, yeah, kind of love to kind of hear, hear from people, um, especially people that have ideas on um, what we can do across the West Midlands. Um, but more importantly, people who are willing to take that idea and start to execute it um, because that is really what, what Birmingham Tech Week is all about and Birmingham Tech is all about. It's about kind of supporting those people. Um, so we don't want to be kind of doing every last little thing. We, what we want to do is kind of find good people and help them get to where they need to get to. Um, it's why, Dan, we're working together around digital skills. It's why we're working with Devon around tech for good and it's why we're working with Chris around kind of scale-ups um, the more people we can find like that for me puts us in a very good and strong position absolutely Yanis it's been a pleasure um, thank you very much for your time um, and um, yeah I look forward to, uh, to catch up with you again hopefully we can uh, go and have a social distanced beer at some point that'd be lovely thanks Dan really appreciate right, it Yanis take care speak to you soon Cheers.